Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, this is Corey Hirsch, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show. And welcome to The Jake Brown Show on CBS Radio's Play.it Podcast Network. You can subscribe, rate, review on iTunes, and on Spotify as well. And you can follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Show and follow me at Jake Brown Radio. Joining us now is a former goaltender. You know him for he was on the Rangers championship team in 94. He's a speaker as well and has an Olympic silver medalist as well and an NHL TV analyst and a mental health advocate who had an incredible story in the Players' Tribune um, earlier this year that I'd also like to talk about. Corey Hirsch. You can follow him on Twitter at Corey Hirsch. Corey, appreciate you coming on. How you doing? Uh, awesome. And thanks for the introduction. I think I might get you to follow me around everywhere I go. And then when I go into a building, you can just announce that I'm there. Is that cool? <laughs> oh, can I, I could do it in my, I, I, yesterday I tried out for the Nets public address announcer job. So I could do it in that. We have Corey Hirsch in the building. Oh, that's so cool. So cool. <laughs> How's everything with you? How's everything on the West coast going? Everything's good. Everything's good. I, uh, I'm in Arizona, so we're a little hot right now. Um, but, uh, you know, just wait for the hockey season to start up again. This is kind of the the time that it really slows down. Everybody goes on holidays, and we all get itchy to get uh, get back going again at it. What's your feel on the West Coast with the new Las Vegas Golden Knights? Um, do you like where that team is going? Do you see them maybe being a winner here in a couple of years? Will they? I mean, attendance wise, it looks like they're going to do great. But what's your overall take on the new new squad? Yeah, financially and attendance wise, they I think they're going to kill it. I mean, I've been to that arena. I've been to everywhere there where they put the building, and uh, I don't see that being a problem at all. It's it's going to take them a while to probably be. Uh, a really good team. They're they're going to be competitive. The NHL has made sure that if if a team's going to go in, they're not going to just make them suffer for seven, you know, seven eight years and, and then try and build something. They're going to give them a team that has an opportunity to at least be competitive now. So they've done a really good job of that. Um, and I know a lot of people in the organization, the way they've handled it and the draft and everything. It's uh, it was just really really cool how they did it. Uh, if it's run properly, you know, you, you could see them five to seven years being being a really good team but you still need that superstar and they don't have that and until they get one of those they're just kind of going to be in the middle of the pack like everybody else do you see superstar players wanting to go to a new team and and kind of uh go through the growing pains but also be in las vegas and being on the las vegas strip and being able to gamble and all that uh do you see a star wanting to play there early on i think what will happen is it's like anything else one guy signs there uh, that's a star player, and then the dominoes fall, then other guys. But everyone just kind of sits around and kind of watches uh, from the outside. And hockey's such a conservative sport. Like, guys aren't ones just to go and jump at something and impulsively try it. So they'll kind of wait for each other. But as soon as Vegas lands that one big star, you're going to see a lot of other guys go there. I, I don't think Vegas is in the market for that for the first couple of years, though, but, uh, just because they're going to try and build with youth first. And then you'll see them add that superstar talent. But if they get impatient, you can see them and someone pops up. They'll have the money to throw at them. Foley's got a lot of money. 
And I'll say that th- their Twitter account is great. I feel like they do a great job on social media early on, which is so important in today's day and age. And marketing, do you feel like marketing NHL stars is something that needs to be worked on? Because, I, I mean, we, we all know the NBA stars and, and Mike Trout and Bryce Harper and baseball are are all over the place. Do you feel like the NHL here could do a little bit better? Yeah, NHL could always do better at that. But it, part of it is the players' personalities. We don't have a lot of, uh, you know, flamboyant kind of out there personalities. PK Subban is very out there, and he's he's done a really good job. But hockey's been a very conservative kind of gentleman sport, a little bit like golf in that way, where you've been taught from where you grow up just to, you know, be be a little bit more key. What happens though is that it doesn't really sell the game uh, because people want to relate to the player and not in a bad, you know, out getting arrested way or anything like that. We don't want that. Just someone that's out there in the community like, like PK does. And when you do an interview, they're not giving the same old cliches. They're actually saying something, you know, drawing the viewer in. So I thought during the Stanley Cup playoffs this year, Nashville did a really good job of growing the game. Uh, so we'll see where it goes from here. But typically hockey's been a little too conservative and it hasn't helped sell it. Corey Hirsch joining us on the Jake Brown Show. Um, follow him on Twitter at Corey Hirsch. Earlier this year, you come out with your story on the Players Tribune and about battling OCD and a lot of stuff that people didn't know. First off, what was the initial reaction uh, you got from that piece? It, it was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, the support, the love that came out was. Uh, I didn't expect it. I was terrified when it came out because I thought uh, I wasn't sure what to expect. I had talked a lot with Clint Malarchuk, another. A former goaltender that that came out with his story in a book called The Crazy Game uh, that had obsessive compulsive disorder, and then he got his neck cut there in Buffalo. Um, so I, I talked to him a lot, and he was like, "Don't worry about it; it's going to be great." And then when it came out, there's been so many people that thanking me for for talking about it, just because the fact that you know, as a platform that I had to be able to use, uh, a lot of people don't have a voice, and they feel like they have to hide. And I felt like it for a long. It took me well, it was 23 years from the time it happened until I came out with my story. So we're in a much better place with mental health right now than we were 20 years ago, though. I mean, people are talking. Now we need to find the resources to be able to help these people. Have there been players or former players that reach out to you after this came out and uh, have you kind of advise them or talk to them about the issue? It's been more uh, a lot of, yes. Uh, first off, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's been more... Uh, people kind of my generation, their kids are going through it or uh, family members going through it. Professional athletes are still very reserved to, to come out with something like that. And, and because they've got three guys behind them trying to take their job, they've got a coach that uh, is relying on them in high-pressure situations. So they try to tend to keep it to themselves, which is fine. Uh, I just want them to be able to get the help and the resources that they need and I just, it's a bigger problem and a bigger issue than, than we all thought it was, uh, than I even thought it was. How comfortable are you now? I mean, it seems like you are talking about it because when I read through it, I mean, you almost drove off a cliff. Uh, there were times in D.C. Uh, you had things going on in your head. I mean, you try to hurt yourself uh, so you could be sent home to Calgary. Uh, it's crazy hearing all these stories, but now I feel like it seems like you're pretty much at ease. Yeah, no, it's been a long time. I, I finally uh, had to do it on my own was to, to get the proper therapy and everything. But uh, the one thing about we have lots of treatments available and people can live a great life. It just, for me, it took so long to find the right person and the right therapist that could help me that, you know, if we can cut 
down people's times of when they do get sick, uh, if they can go to a doctor the next day, it's so much, the recovery is so much easier and simpler and, and it's, and it's great and they'll be fine. Unfortunately, people go undiagnosed for 10 years and then it'd be like walking around with a broken leg for 10 years and then trying to go get it fixed. Well, mm-hmm. your leg's going to be pretty messed up. So it takes some pretty in- intensive therapy and stuff to get it fixed. If we can get it fixed the next day, um, the chances of recovery are so much greater. Corey Hurst joining us on the Jake Brown Show. Do you feel like if if this situation didn't happen to your during your career, it could have played out differently? Maybe uh, a couple more titles, more playing time, and et cetera, et cetera. No, no, no question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was on my way to having a, a pretty good NHL career, and then news to say what what can happen. I don't know what can happen, but I I, I probably would have had a much longer, uh, better career. Um, but that's. You know, that's like, I can't, I can't go back and, and talk about that because mm-hmm. I don't know for sure, but, um, cause you can't have it back. But if I can help a player today that's struggling, uh, not have to have his career derailed, uh, by something like this and it shouldn't, it doesn't have to, then, you know, I've done my job and I've helped somebody and that's, that's kind of what it's all about. And tell us about you helping people and talking about it, because I see you travel out around the country uh, speaking. Just talk about your experiences uh, talking to people about the issue. It's amazing, because you'll go into a talk, and, and especially with kids, I've done a lot of schools, mm-hmm. where I'll go in there and think that they don't want to listen to me, and they are completely engaged. This next generation of kids, they know it. They want the information. They know what's happening. Uh, and, and they do. A, a, uh, they really are trying to listen and learn so that they can avoid some of the things that, that happened to them. And my story is pretty pretty gripping uh, when I tell it. So uh, I think I get their attention. But anytime you go into a high school, you're, you're thinking uh, after the first five minutes, they're going to be looking at their phones or trying to figure out something else. They're still kids. Mm-hmm. But the response has been... Um, you know, it's been, like I said, overwhelming, and it shows that people want to hear it. They want the information and that there needs to be some things that change. Yeah, and where do we still need to go on mental health issues and OCD? Because uh, it, it seems like still a lot of unknowns. You told your story, and people think OCD, oh, uh, he likes to wash his hands a lot, blah, blah, blah. That's what we think of. But I feel like there's still, it's still in a, in a large aspect and unknown. Yeah, well, well the, people are talking. We've got people mm-hmm. talking, so uh, that is an issue where we're, we're ending the stigma as, as much as we can. The issue now is, is that our governments and our facilities and our treatments, uh, they're not able to keep up with what's happening. So people are coming out talking and going and looking for therapy, but it's still taking them too long to find the right therapy and the right treatment. So what happens is, is you get people that they just get frustrated and confused by the system. So we need a better referral system. We need to revamp our, uh, uh, the way that we treat people, our facilities and that. And, uh, you know, it's just it's going to take a long time. The system is kind of flooded now with everybody talking. Do, have you thought about maybe writing a book? Uh, yes, and that is uh, in the works, kind of, I guess. I'm just trying to make sure that you have the the proper avenues and, and writers and all that so um that is something that i've talked about i've talked with a few people about and we'll see where that goes i mean that'd be really cool i never thought i'd have a book written about me <laughs> yeah yeah it's crazy um do you look back and just think like wow i was at a point where i was maybe inches away from going off that cliff and and we wouldn't even be speaking today oh, oh completely um and 
it's hard to believe. I don't know why I'm still here. I, I don't. I look back and I go, geez, that. Uh, um, look at the things I would have missed out on my kids, you know, my, 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 my son playing how I love watching play hockey. My daughter's graduated, all those things that you think that, you know, what I would have missed out. But at the time, the problem with it is, is that you can't see anything else. It's like being in a, uh, you know, in a forest and you can't get out of it. And, and it's really difficult to see the future or anything. All you can see is what's in front of you. And it's hard to get out of it. So I understand where people are at. But I, I need people to know that it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And the problem is temporary. So to go get help and to get treated, because I'm proof that the problem is temporary. I mean, look, uh, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm still here. Uh, I have a great life. And now I'm speaking to other people about it. Yeah, it's really a remarkable story. Um, in terms of hockey and, and your future here, do you see yourself, um, I mean, you coach with the Blues, um, coach of the Maple Leafs. Do you see yourself maybe getting back into coaching at some point? Well, I, I'd still like to stay in media. I like to uh, <laughs> listen to myself talk. <laughs> Don't we <laughs> all, right? Do. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I'm, I'm looking in some avenues that way. I love speaking uh, because of so many people that you meet. Uh, coaching is really volatile, and that's the one difficult thing about coaching is we know you're hired, you get fired, and your performance is attached to somebody else. So if the goalie doesn't play well, well, who do you fire? You have to get rid of the goalie at $5 million for three more years? No, let's fire the goalie. But that's the that's just coaching. That's the life. That's that's the way it is. Uh, but I, I really enjoy the media side of it. Still want to uh, stay involved in that way. And the game is great if you can get to get paid to talk about the game and uh, you know meet the people that I get to meet. Uh, what a, there's no better job than that. Yeah, you can't beat it, Corey Hirsch. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Corey Hirsch. I'm sure we'll be seeing you on TV and radio and be hearing your voice uh, all over the place soon as the what we got two two months three months of the hockey season about we got, yeah we're we're about two months away and uh, we're gonna see some uh, some interesting things happen because they're not gonna go to the Olympics this year and then there's still talk about them going and um, it, it's it, I think there's some leverage there of what's happening and then we have Vegas coming in so everybody's gonna be interested to see how hockey does in Vegas and all the other sports are watching too because if hockey does well and then football goes in there we're gonna see all four major sports in there. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a great time to visit for a weekend, catch a Golden Knights and a Raiders game. Uh, you get double duty. You can't beat that. Corey Hirsch, uh, appreciate you coming to the show, man. Good talking to you, and we'll talk soon. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yep, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.